conversations that speak to every color of who you are. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jen Tringale. What if your life's calling was among the Hollywood elite? Can you imagine the strength and faith that that might take? What if God called you to be a light among the top levels of success in the entertainment industry? And what if the world got to watch you every day as you walked that out? Well, my special guest today is someone who has been doing just that. At age 24 years old, on her first day driving onto the studio lot in Los Angeles, California, that is exactly what she heard God speak to her. Now, decades later, Kathy Lee Gifford is a four-time Emmy Award winner and former host of The Today Show. She hosted Regis and Kathy Lee for over 15 years. She's been inducted into the Broadcast Hall of Fame. She's a New York Times bestselling author and a cultural icon. I have to tell you, I loved my time with Kathy Lee. She shared what that journey has been like for her, living a vibrant faith and very personal relationship with Jesus, which began for her when she was just a little girl in a very supernatural way. I know that this story is going to not just grab your attention, but I really believe that it's going to awaken something in your heart the same way that it did my own. So sit back and enjoy this conversation with this incredible woman of faith, Kathy Lee Gifford. Well, we are so thrilled and I am so thrilled to have this very special guest on the podcast today. She is a cultural icon. She is loved and adored by many and rightfully so. And I just want to say, Kathy Lee, it's an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, Jen, it's my pleasure. I wish you could be here with me in my house like you were before, but it's been crazy. So I'm happy to see you. Well, I'm so thrilled too. And we were just kind of sharing about how it's so wild, how God will just throw you in somebody's path. And it, it reminds me of a prayer. We always pray, you know, God put me in the path of somebody that needs something from me today and that I need something. And he did that on that day that we met. And uh, so this is just a nice little sweet reunion here on the podcast. By the way, I still need prayer over that same situation. So thank you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll get a prayer group on that. Sometimes the God of the how and when takes his time. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Well, absolutely. You've got it. I spent the most delightful day yesterday reading your book. And I have to tell you that I picked it up because I was getting ready for our conversation today. And I sat down and I held the Jesus I Know, your book, in my hands. And I read the entire thing. Wow. Most people read it in chapters because it's it's just easier to digest, you know? I know it, but I, I really and truly could not put it down. And... I, I would get to each one. And so 
just a real quick synopsis, but this book is really you sharing your personal experience as a little girl about the Jesus that you know, which I want to ask you about that. And then you sat down with so many names we know, names we don't know, that shared their incredible, very different, but incredible stories about their experience with Jesus. Yes. Where did this idea for this book come from in you? If I did not have any uh, desire to write a book like this, it never would have crossed my mind, I don't think. But I've got a brilliant literary agent up in New York. I adore him. He's, he's just a sweetheart of a guy, you know? You don't always get to work with the people that you just think, gee, I, let's go out and have, let's get lunch. I just value him. The last book that we had done that did very, very well, it's called It's Never Too Late. He said, my favorite part of that book, Kathy, is when you talked about these people that you just had random conversations with about Jesus. Would you ever consider, whether they're famous or not, I mean, it's Al Pacino and, and Kevin Costner or uh, Craig Ferguson uh, and some women too, but most of these men. And uh, he said, would you ever consider putting a, a book together about that with different people? I went, I've never would have thought of it, but like everything else, I'll pray about it. Right. Just sort of got the go ahead on that. And then I said, okay, but Lord, who, who would I talk to? And I just prayed, Jen. I just said, Lord, who do you want me to? And most of the uh, 25 people or so that are in the book, um, one person did it anonymously and under a different name, but the rest of them were happy to do it. So during COVID, it was actually a perfect opportunity to do a book. Yeah. Uh, we, we did everything by Zoom. And the people that lived here in the Nashville area, I, I was able to, to, uh, to be with, which was nice. Sure. It was, a, it was sort of very organic. Yeah. I didn't think that people would respond as well as they, they do to it. First of all, Jesus is, is in the title. And that can, yeah. that can be a turnoff to some people. They don't want to know about Jesus. I do share a little bit about my own Jesus. But so many of my other books have been about that. This is about these yeah. people. I wanted to tell right. their stories and, and, right. and show the, the Christian community that we should stop judging people because they have a different path than we do, or they're on a, a, yeah. a different point in their journey with Jesus than we yeah. are, or they go to a different kind of church, or they believe this about Christianity. Our common ground is our sacred ground. Right, right. Jesus did not tell us to go out into this world and hang out with people that are just like you. He said, go yeah. into every right. corner of this world and seek out the lost, seek out the brokenhearted like he did, seek out the seekers it. and, and, and yeah. just tell them God loves them. It's a right. simple thing. Right, so a lot right. of the people in the book, I took on rabbinical trips with me to Israel. I loved watching them change under the power of the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit in that land. Um, one of my favorites is uh, my friend who's a, a Hindu and her Sikh husband brought them there and watched them just Oh, explode with interest and, and, and curiosity and great questions. And they came away with a completely different concept of, of Jesus. Right. One of my other favorites is my friend, David um, Pomerantz, who I, I collaborate with tons in my music world. And he's brilliant. He grew up as a Jew, practicing Jew as a cantor in synagogue every, every Saturday, um, every Sabbath day. And he grew up I and mean, he became a, um, a, a Scientologist. He married a woman who was grown up in the Catholic church and became a Scientologist. They adopted a baby and of course raised that baby in Scientology. When we went on this trip, he was 14 years old. And I watched the three of them get immersed in the word of God, immersed in the magnificent landscape around them, the places where all these Bible stories actually happened. 
and wow. and then study rabbinically, which means study the original Greek and the original mm -hmm. Hebrew that the that the Bible is written in, and right. only only trust uh, um, uh, translations that are that they use the core material as the source, and one by one, I just watch them move under the power of the Holy Spirit and change. Wow, a lot of them talk about how they came away a completely different human being. That little fourteen-year-old yeah. boy who was a Scientologist and had grown up in it his whole life was the first to jump into the Jordan river and get baptized. Oh my goodness. They all took communion uh, at in the garden of Gethsemane, the day we left Israel, they've all been changed. They still have Scientology mm -hmm. as a part of their life, but it mm -hmm. changed them. My friend David yeah. said, I finally started to understand the Jew in me when I started to understand Jesus. Wow. Wow. I mean, uh, only God, things that only God can do. And I think that's why when I read it, I thought, this is a right on time book, but it really is a tool. And I, I thought that because of what you just talked about, because it it is a very uh, digestible introduction into, okay, what is this whole Jesus thing? And what has been the experience of these people that maybe I know of, but I don't know to be Christians, quote unquote, or and to pull that in. But it really is a tool for what you just said. It's a tool for lifelong Christians, for every every Sunday church people to go, oh, open your eyes. And this is, there's people to be walked with. And this is what it looks like to walk with them. In fact, I love this uh, statement that you made and you said that we need to remember that people are in all different stages of their experience of Jesus and that we have to walk with them. And I loved how you said it compassionately, but genuinely. And Kathy, it's one thing that is so known of you is your humor, of course, but your, your warmth and your genuineness. But you see that that is absolutely essential as believers. If we're wanting to introduce people to Jesus you, you can't just come with an agenda. And that's what I heard through every page. Did you do that intentionally or did it just come out that way? No. Well, I had no agenda going into it, except tell me your story. Most people yeah. want to tell their story. Most yeah. people want to be seen. And we live in such a fast paced world. And especially when you're, you know, all masked up, people have been invisible just been so invisible true. to one another for two years. And long before that, we tend to just write people off. We yeah. do. And that's, if Jesus is our model, then, yeah. then don't write people off. He didn't, he went, he sought them out. Right. You know, how many people, we don't seek out the people that, that Jesus wants us to. If we, so we, we're quick to condemn them, that the ones who look different, the ones that are dirty, the ones yeah. that smell like whiskey and sex and cigarettes, we just, right. we don't want to get dirty. Well, the, right. the disciples didn't want to get dirty either. And Jesus said, yeah. go to the other side. Right. Go to the other side. And that's where yeah. that was hell on earth on the other side where Jesus told them to go, because right. that's where they found people like the demoniac and, and the Samaritan woman and places like that. And, and their lives were transformed because they, they came face to face with their savior, the Messiah, Yeshua. Yeah, I and, love it. And people don't need more condemnation, Jen. They need no. more love. Yeah, they absolutely do people that care enough about them to sit with them and hold their hand and listen to their story to then pray yeah. with them and give them a hand and give them yeah. 
even if it's just one time, give, if you can't give anything but a smile, ask yeah. people what their name is. It stuns them. What? Oh, somebody that's waiting on you at a restaurant or something. What's your name? They go, my name? Yeah. Say thank you every time they yeah. bring something. Yeah. Ask them how, they, how their day's going. Just yeah. do it in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Whether you want, whether you feel like it or not, do it out of love for him as he first loved us. It it's changes so people's lives. They yeah, go, you it's think? so true. Yeah. And then the next time I you go into that, that restaurant and you remember their name, get out of town. Right. <laughs> well, and it reminds me of a conversation I was just having with a mutual friend of ours. We were talking about how it suddenly occurred to us that the majority of the miracles that Jesus did in the Bible were not in a church or a synagogue. No. I think there was one and the rest were, you know, as uh, he was going about in today's world, he would be at a restaurant asking somebody their name. And, and you hit that so well in your book. Thank you. I think the one you're talking about is when the, the friends of the, of the paralyzed man, uh, but that was a home. The only one I could think of was the man with the withered hand. It said that Jesus was going to the synagogue, and when he got there, that's where that man worshipped. And when when he walked in, he everybody knew he had a withered hand. That's the only one I could see, and I, and I'm sure we'll probably have scholars listening to this go. Well, actually, but people don't understand that the rabbi didn't have their own synagogues back then. Now, there were people that ran the synagogue, but the rabbis, they were itinerant. They, they, yes. they went everywhere, all over the land, and disciples followed them and, and listened yeah. to them. And, and Jesus was a rabbi, and he would follow everywhere in the land. He would point at, behold, the lilies of the field. They, they, they didn't work. They don't spin, you know. But Solomon in all his glory was never arrayed like them. Well, they're, yeah. they're real flowers called the lilies yeah. of, the, of the field in, 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 in Israel, but they look like huge red poppies to us. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, yes. And so he would just teach on everything he said. So that most of the cool. miracles were out in, out, outside. And the followers who loved him and supported his, his ministry, thank God, many of whom were what? Women. Women. Hello. Because they were the most loved. They had never been told before that yeah. they were equal to men. They had yeah. never been called daughters of Abraham like Jesus did. He, they were mm -hmm. never told that you, that you can be a co, you will be a co-creator in my kingdom. He loves women equally. To, he he created us equally. And, and then then again in the New Testament it talks about because Jesus came, all of a sudden all barriers are gone. We are neither Greek nor Hebrew right. or, or Jewish or male or female. We are one right. in Christ. It's so true. It's so true. I want to ask you about that because in, in the book, you talk about in the entertainment industry where you've spent your career realizing and having the sense that you were basically like a missionary. Did you go into it with that sense or was there a moment that it hit you that you went, you know, I think I'm actually in this industry on assignment. What was that knowing for you like? I don't separate the secular from the spiritual, never have. And I knew that I was mm -hmm. called to a career in the arts. So people say, how could you be a Christian and be in show business? I said, how could I have been in show business and not been a Christian? I could have never withstood. It's a brutal, so brutal business. And, 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 and God gave me, because I walked in the Holy Spirit with Jesus, he gave me, he gave me every tool I needed. 
And he, and he, wow. and he showed me early, early on. I'll take a, a, a brief moment to tell you. I got my first big break in show business back in 1977. I was chosen to be the La La Girl on Name That Tune. And I yeah. went in for, I think it was five weeks or something that we, that we, uh, that we shot. I had to learn 200 mm-hmm. songs in five days. Oh my word. Yes. And it was, it, but I was 22 or 23 or whatever. And it was like, do you have a photographic memory? Yes. Thank God I do. I mean, not perfect. I knew it. Nothing's perfect. I knew it. But very good ear and incredible <laughs> memory. And so that was uh, not the important part of the story. The important part is I remember knowing that this was going to change my life. I had almost given up because I'd been in Hollywood and everything I tried to do for months and months and months over a year's period, I got, you know, nothing. And, uh, and it was, I was making a living here and there, but nothing, no career, you know, and yeah. you get to a point yeah. where, you know, the, the dribble and the drabble, uh, it doesn't, you can't pay your bills. I was getting ready to sure. go home. And then the Lord, you know, all of a sudden, the next thing, you know, I'm, I'm um, called to do this for Ralph Edwards production. So I'm, Driving in, my mom and dad were with me into the studio in Burbank where they do the t- Tonight Show and all of that. I'm just, and then there's, you know, there's ju- ju- who's ever parking lots or, you know, there's spots or this is Jay Leno or this is whatever. Right, right. The guard at the gate is waiting for you. They have you on, your, on the list. So I remember saying a prayer as I was walking into NBC Studios that day. And I said, I know this is of you. I know my life is going to complain, change completely now. I, I, I don't know in all ways, but it will. I will be a regular on a, on a national television show. That, that changes your life. I said, I just pray, Lord, that you will always give me, and this makes me cry to think about it, the same love for everyone, no matter what job they do at this, at, at, while I'm working here. Give wow. me the same love for the guard at the gate, Lord, as you do for the executive producer, Ralph Edwards, and my director and everybody else. The same, Lord, like you would. Wow. And yeah. so the last day of taping, um, we're leaving. And I say goodbye to the guard at the gate, this beautiful African-American man that you get to know, you know, on a mm-hmm. uh, weekly basis, daily basis then. And I said goodbye and I thanked him and, 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 and started to go off, off and, and get in my car. My daddy went to say goodbye to him. And he said, this, this, Mr. Epstein, can I tell you something? Every time your daughter came through the gate, love came with her. Oh, my daddy wanted to cry. And he told me that later. And I said, Teddy, that's just what I prayed for. Literally the guard at the gate. God hears our prayers. And when our prayers are so in tune with his will, that was God's will for me to love people that way. It still is. Yeah. They do not need any more condemnation, no more judgment, no more snide remarks, no more gossip. They don't need any of that. Do you want to be yeah. a builder? Do you want to be in the construction business or, or the destruction business? Oh, God. Jesus is, God created this world. He's in the construction business. I want yeah. to be in the construction business with him. And I want every life to be changed, even if it's a smile from me. I, I don't want that. to be that person that is having a bad day and I, and I take it out on somebody else who doesn't deserve yeah. it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, it, you know, it, that reminds me of this, one moment in your book that as I was going to sleep last night and the book has incredible stories in it. I mean, a woman who had an angelic visitation that changed her life story, you know, from Justin Bieber's mother, Patty. And, but Kathy, there was this one, it was almost like a byline of a story and it 
it was all I could think about last night. And it was the story that came when you sat down with Megan Kelly and she was sharing her story, but you said, uh, and it makes me tear up to, to recall it. It was when she was going through a really difficult time and publicly so, and that you had reached out to her and said, come have lunch with me every Tuesday and just come. It was a local restaurant that you knew the owner. Neary's. Neary's. Yeah. And just come and it's safe. And, and I'll, and you just encouraged and ministered to her for like six weeks or something like that during that time. During the worst part. I was just jaw dropped over that. First of all, that you're a busy woman and that you would pause and see that and not just make a phone call or send a text, but say, come on, I'm going to walk alongside you and I'm going to do it in a way that you need and that works for you. Kathy, what compelled you to do that? And was there someone that did that for you somewhere along the way? Oh, many people came alongside me through the years, but I, I, I'm considered such a veteran in this business now that people look to me like, well, how did you survive it? And I'm, yeah. and, and I'm, I was a huge fan of Megan's before she came to the, to the Today Show, but I in, instinctively knew that she was not made for daytime TV. Her skills yeah. are so unique and so powerful and so great. And mm-hmm. I just thought, mm, you know, maybe later, later in the day, like around a four, but, but there's, right. she's, I just, I just said, they're going to give her a terrible time. I knew it. I said, mm-hmm. they're going to eat her alive. And she is a strong woman. Yes. Beautiful woman. I have enormous yeah. respect for her, but I said, Lord, she's going to need help. She's going to, yeah. I, so I just called her and I said, Megan, I know you're a seasoned pro, but I know two things in my life. I know Jesus loves me and I know a daytime television and they're yeah. going to try to eat you alive. Let me take you to lunch. My favorite restaurant every Tuesday, I'm going to feed you and we're going to rejoice and we're going to share life. And I'll be there for you to help navigate these, these, these really treacherous waters that you're going to be going through. I saw yeah. it coming. And yeah. so, and, and so she says, really, every Tuesday, I can do that. I said, good. Yeah. And we never missed. We never wow. missed. And, and I didn't wow. think she'd bring it up in the, why would she bring it up? In the, but she did. She brought it up in the interview because you know what? People never forget the kindnesses people do to them. No, they don't forget the, the cruelty either, but right. the, the true kindness, you know, yeah. when you take time out of your life and, and you invest yeah. in them. And you and you hold them and you cry and you, you know, people don't think of, of, of Megan as a as a, a vulnerable really but she is she's a beautiful vulnerable yeah. woman and I gave her a safe place we went at eleven o'clock in the morning so nobody was there but me and her I love it by the time we were leaving people were coming in and there were no no paparazzi and no press anywhere yeah. I never spoke yeah. of it to anyone and uh, I just did what Jesus would do. He would create a safe place for someone to share their heart, their fears, their needs. And he said, feed them, clothe them. She didn't need any help in the clothing department. One of the most beautiful (laughs) wardrobes in the world. She's a knockout. But she needed a friend and somebody that knew what they were talking about. Because I'd I'd been through it for, what, 30 years by that time. And I said, you're going to need Jesus through this. You'll never make it. And so she started opening up about growing up in the Catholic church and And she said, we've never studied the Bible, but talking to you, it makes me want to know the Bible. And I said, well, it will change your life. So 
Yeah, that yeah. was very dear of her to yeah. share that, but I'm, I'm glad it touched you. Uh, that that but you did that for me that day you came to my brownstone and you and our, our mutual friend Kathy prayed for me I was going through a tough time and uh still am and, and you know as I said and uh it 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 just blessed me it was it was the balm of Gilead the uh yeah. the Bible talks about just what I needed on a sore place you yeah. know the balm from heaven and uh that's what we're supposed to be in the name of Jesus for everybody we meet we absolutely are. And, and I, I just love the awareness. And I, I guess that's what it was that touched me about it, that you would walk in such an awareness and go, I, I can see where she's at. I've been there and I'm going to come alongside you. You know, Paul talked about, he used fathers, but it, it applies to the female. He said, you have a lot of instructors. In other words, you have a lot of people around you who think they know, but you don't have a lot of fathers. You don't have a lot of mothers or ones that'll just come up and tuck alongside and go, I got you. I got you. And that, that's the love of God. And, um, you know, I think as, as, um, a, a generations, you know, we have watched you really sort of pioneer living your faith on a public platform. And I know that the industry has shifted. Our culture has shifted over the years that you've been doing it. I can't imagine what it was like to navigate that and know, you know, when to be soft and when you could be bold. And But you have just done it so beautifully. And once again, even through this book, I think you are showing us, those of us that, you know, maybe have professed to be lifelong Christians, hey, this is what this looks like. It's, it's not so much over the top. It's the love of God in everyday kindness. And uh, you're just doing it so well. My last question for you is, what does it look like for you to know Jesus these days? What does knowing him look like for you? It's just deeper and richer. Yeah. It's like uh, I have, I, I asked Jesus into my heart when I was 12 years old and I'm 68 years old now. And I have a history with him. It's like a married couple that have been yeah. together for so many years. They, they finish each other's sentences. They, uh, they know when you need a cup of tea. They know when you, mm -hmm. you need them to sit closer on the sofa to them and just hold their hands. They know when you just don't want to talk. They know yeah. when, you're, when something's really bothering you. It's unspoken in a lot of ways. And yet God says, cry, you know, pour out your heart to, 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 to God. And I you know, yeah. I get up so early in the morning still, even though I don't have to most of the time, I still do. Whenever the Lord wakes me up, I don't try to go back to sleep hardly ever. And I'm, it means, Kathy, go downstairs, light the fire, get your cup yeah. of coffee and let's talk. Yeah. You know, when we live and move and have our being in him, Jen, you know this. Yeah. It's those moments that, that the world looks at and they go, what are you, crazy? It's, it's 1.30 in the morning. Right. I said, this is the sweet time. Yeah. This is a sweet time when it's me and Jesus. And, and, and I can thank him for, I can hear the birds outside. I can hear the rustling, the wind. I can, I can thank him for the simple things like a fire in front of me and a, and a cup of coffee. Or when I'm home mm. in Connecticut, my puppies are with me. You know, mm. we, we, we don't tend to value the simple things in life as much as we should. You know, the big yeah. graduations, the big moments of weddings, and that, all that stuff. 
but it's it's the simple things in life that make a life worth living and it's the one by step by step by step every day of your life walk with our savior just is is i would never have missed out on it for all the gold in the world oh, all the emmys all the i'm looking i'm sitting in my room looking at all this stuff and i just think it was all lovely yeah but to know jesus and yeah. walk with him and serve him it's all that really matters isn't it it's all that matters yeah and as you said so well that he is still writing our stories that all of our stories don't have a pretty bow on them because they're still being written. They're not done. They're not done. And we're using the season of this podcast to talk about tapping into all the colors of who you are. And I can't imagine a more perfect person to talk about that and help us kick that off than you and this book. You have lived and are continuing to live it out so well for us. And uh, as someone who has watched you from afar and got to know you just a little bit here and there, I just want to say thank you for doing it so beautifully and honestly and with such grace. And uh, it's been an honor to have you today. You're sweetheart. What an incredible woman, such a precious heart. I have to tell you that spending that time with Kathy Lee was so rewarding for me because I loved getting to hear her speak so real about living in a very public way your faith in an industry, in a culture that is so confrontational about being a Christian and finding ways, which she is known for in the entertainment industry, to reach out to people behind the scenes in ways that no one might ever hear about, but being the light of heaven and the hands of Jesus and the voice of God and the love of God to people who maybe have confronted you about the God that you serve, maybe have total disdain for what you believe. But she has remained steady and true. I have such respect for her and the creativity that she continues to walk in. I really want to encourage you to check out her book, The Jesus I Know. I believe that the stories in those pages are going to speak to you and maybe open your eyes to some people that God has in your life that he wants you to reach out to right now. I want to thank you again for being a part of this podcast journey, and I pray that it speaks to the season that you are in. I want to encourage you to share it with someone you know. Hit that share button and Help us get this in the hands of someone that just might need some encouragement today. Remember, you can find more resources at jentringale.com. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you back here next time. Bye-bye.